Hello, Marvelites! Welcome to uh, one of a very special series of episodes of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all kinds of fun stuff. So, I, Agent M, a.k.a. Ryan Panagos, Marvel's Executive Editorial Director for Digital Media, visited the set of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy in 2013 to see some cool stuff, to dive into some secrets to talk to the cast and crew and really get a handle on what was going to be in this this brand new movie this brand new franchise for us and come up with some cool things to share with you guys and then you fast forward wow that was august i think of 2013 you fast forward low those many months we're on the cusp of guardians of the galaxy coming out and i have all these great interviews and i think it's time i share them before we get into our interviews for this first episode, uh, which will be with Chris Pratt, who plays Star-Lord Peter Quill, and with Zoe Saldana, who plays Gamora, uh, I wanted to go into my notebook. I have this, uh, this notebook that I've kept uh, since I visited the set with lots and lots of notes, and I want to see if there's anything here that I can share with you from those things, uh, for, from those days visiting the set. I have a note here that the uh, the crew T-shirts on the set, uh, folks who were working on the movie got Novacore shirts, which I think was pretty cool. I have a little uh, uh, note about the collectors area. Uh, that was uh, a set that I was able to walk on as they were constructing it. It was really, really cool. Um, I did get to see a little bit of a scene being shot uh, with Groot, um, sort of bopping his head, watching some music play. There was um, you know, Dave Batista as Drax there. A whole bunch of cool things. Uh, it was also raining there, apparently, according to my notes. Um, what else is going on? So, yeah, it was a great day on set. We had a lot of fun. Um, I got to see so many cool things. And instead of yammering on more right now, I'm going to kick it right over to my interview with Chris Pratt. Uh, thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, of middle of an awesome movie. I'm very excited. Uh, past the middle. That's crazy. Yeah. How's the uh, how's the fan reception, man? Because you're you're pretty awesome on Twitter. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Well, I, I do all the Marvel social media. And oh, you I, do. I'm our Agent M, and I you know tweet about all our stuff, and been doing all that good stuff. And so just watching the fans latch on to like Dave and James and you, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, I I like. I've been overwhelmed because I you gotta you gotta assume that there's always gonna be some small percentage of haters, sure. you know, all the time, no yeah. matter what. And the faster you understand that, the the, the quicker you'll you'll be able to live <laughs> at peace with like you know the idea of any tiny semblance of fame. But with this, there have been so few people who have been hating on it. Yeah. And. Uh, People have been like really supportive. Not that I sit around and Google myself, or sure. anything, but I do go through my Twitter feed, you know. Yeah. And I haven't—I can't even think of maybe really any instances where people said that they didn't weren't supporting me in this role, sure. you know. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, and that, you posted that photo of you. Uh, yes. That, that was a ballsy move, but it was funny as hell. It was great. Yeah, I—it I, was—it <laughs> was my brother's uh, my brother's idea, and and he was like, dude. You're in the costume most of the movie. Post it. Post it. People want to see it. Trust me. If you do, it'll go all over the place. I was like, I don't know, man. 
and then I did, and he was right. It went all over the place. It was crazy. Yeah. Did you think you would be in this type of movie, this like space opera type thing? Because you you weren't a big comic book guy growing up, were you? I thought I read no, that. No, no, no. I wasn't a real big comic book guy. I mean, I collected comic books, but mostly I was just a I was an artist, like a uh, like to draw. Yeah. And so. Uh, comic books to me were like something I could just copy pictures out of. I didn't really ever read the stories. Sure. Um, mostly I would just look at the pictures, like the, the muscular comic book characters and like study the anatomy of yeah, the superhero yeah. and or of the hot superhero girls, you yeah. know what I mean? And Did like, you start out with like the tracing paper and then... Um, you know, that? I mean, I started at a very, very young age. So yeah, there was everything from tracing yeah. paper to like those draw 50... Horses, or, you remember the draw fifties? There's like yeah. the draw fifty horses books, and draw fifty cars, draw fifty animals, and yeah. and then um and then there yeah there were a few Marvel books. I, I wouldn't trace ever because my brother was a couple years older than me and, and is an exceptional artist, and he would sort of uh, he would he always looked down at tra on tracing, but I would copy, which right. is just, you know sure. essentially a tracing without putting the paper over. Yeah, it. but that's tough. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. And then, like, I started getting good at, like, drawing characters to where I got to the point where I could draw my own guys, you know? Yeah. So, I, and we, my brother and I both painted murals on our walls, like, comic book murals on our walls. I had, I had Wolverine fighting Sabretooth on my wall. I had Punisher 2099 <laughs> on my wall. Punisher 2099, wow. Yeah. yeah, you weren't getting too deep into the, the no, good stuff. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't too deep into it. I just happened to, yeah. there was, like, a, maybe a six-month stint where sure. I was collecting stuff, and Punisher 2099 was one of them that came out. It was actually just maybe a year and a half after that Guardians of the Galaxy stuff came out sometime in the 90s. Uh -huh. And uh, and I had a couple of those, even, which is which is just really random because I wasn't a huge comic book collector. Yeah, so how did you get to, to come to this movie, you know, like, not a comic book guy, you see this giant role, or what was your reaction to this? Oh, I mean, this I would just approach this as an actor, not, like, necessarily, like, a, a comic book enthusiast. I mean, I love I loved the Marvel movies that I've seen, and, and, um, and you know, I know that they do great stuff but for me it was like it was you know it was just like any other role I and my agent brought it up and my manager brought it up said hey there's this role out there there's this movie this project I was a little hes hesitant at first I didn't think that I would be right for it because mm -hmm. um, I was kind of moving in the direction of becoming more of a character actor like uh -huh. kind of a big guy playing the goofball friend parts and you know what I mean like uh, sort of having these Pratt Falls and being more of a physical co comedian, comedic actor, and then um, this role came up, and after sort of passing on the opportunity to even audition for it, I a couple of times I finally went in, and James Gunn had, did the same thing. He, they, when they brought up my name to him, he was like, I don't think so. That's, I mean, I've seen him, he's funny, but I don't think he's right for that character. Right. And so we both circled away from it a couple of times and then finally I decided to go in and then he was like oh I thought I said that I wasn't going to see Chris Pratt <laughs> and then I a couple minutes into it we both realized that this was probably going to be right yeah I mean reading the script it was like it, I can see it was so easy Did you, to yeah see. you got to read the script yeah yeah I read That's the script nice. and you know and it's like it's so funny, but it, there's like those big emotional moments, mm -hmm. and there's like kick-ass action. It's like the family. There's a whole bunch of things going on there. And I, yeah. You know, like having loved you on Parks and Rec and seen you elsewhere. You know, it's like, yeah, this guy can, this guy can nail it. I, cool. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it require, it, you know, it requires some 
comedic chops for sure, which a lot of a lot of actors who would be right way more right for an action hero than I would be. There are a lot of guys out there who would just like I would cast there's like dozens of guys I would cast before <laughs> myself if it weren't so comedic. But I think because it's funny and there's a sense of you know, this character is he's earnest and and uh, but but kind of he needs to get he needs there's a certain element of charm that has to be there or else you won't like him because yeah. he doesn't do great things. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's kind of an ass. Yeah, he's kind of an ass. He's kind of an ass, and so um, hopefully that's hopefully you, I can pull that off to where people are still like the character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. It, it, he has a good arc, and you know. Yeah, really good. Yeah, really, really good, good arc. arc. Yeah. Yeah, um, and when you say earnest, it's interesting because I was talking to Jonathan this morning, and I was like, the the character is just you know this that, but it's a very earnest character, and like he comes across really. Yeah. Genuine. Yeah, that's it. I think that's important. I think that's it. And, uh, you know, there's a certain, yeah, there's like a, an innocence to him. Because, I mean, his, as you know, his story, and I, without spilling too much of it, and, you know, and I know you're obviously, with being, being with Marvel, you'll be mindful of that. But I know that, like, you know, his origin, just like how the age he was when he was taken away from Earth is a big a big part of who he is as an adult in space, you know, like, yeah. he's still very much a kid at heart. Yeah. He hasn't really had anybody to, to, he hasn't had, like, parenting, you know, he's had, so, there's been someone there to raise him, but he just basically raised him to try to be tougher than he is. Yeah. We, uh, we were looking through the props, and I saw the, the guns and stuff, and it seems yeah. like you got a lot of cool toys to play with oh on this God, tour. there's so many cool toys, like, these, I'm pointing to, uh, Rocket thrusters that go here on my boots. This is the the this is the control for the rocket thrusters. I have like tons of cool outfits and bags and gadgets and toys and a lot of props. Really good props. I give props to the props. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine then you know in a month you know right near the movie we're gonna get all these cool toys. Is it gonna be weird for you to see yourself as like an action figure? Um, it's probably I'll probably. My goal is to try to I mean it's tough. You ever see the Wizard of Oz? Mm -hmm. You know how at the end they find uh, they find the wizard and he's just like a guy yeah. behind a curtain. I feel like my goal in this movie is going to be like keep the curtain closed. Mm -hmm. Let people think that I'm something that I'm not. But yeah. the truth is, it, you know, I'm. It won't be that weird. Sadly, it won't be weird because I understand what's gone into it. Right. And I understand that I like it's it's a reality that isn't as astounding as it would be to me as a ten year old or a fifteen year old to think about it. Like me, I'm I'm an adult now. I understand the industry. I understand why sure. there are those toys. I happen to be cast in this role. My likeness is used because it was my likeness in the movie. But it's not. It's unfortunately not as exciting to me oh. now because I'm on the other side of the curtain. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But but maybe I should, my if, if my goal is to keep that curtain closed, I should say yes. No. Yes, it's exciting. I'd rather an honest answer. That's yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys are almost wrapped up. Um, has there been any like big surprises for you in, in doing this movie? You're like, wow, that was like an awesome experience here doing this or something like that. Um, I guess like, you know, and I keep referring to this, but. I'm just, I'm just in awe of, of 
the skill that this crew has, man, like from costume departments, props, production design, Charlie, our production designer, I, that to me is still very, very astounding because mm -hmm. I don't know how the hell you pull it off. <laughs> I don't know how you have a certain budget, you have four months, you hire a team, and then the next thing you know, we're sitting inside of this studio and there's a freaking ship built that looks like a real ship, you know, yeah. like that to me is still... That to me is way more exciting and unbelievable than the idea that I could be, my face could be on a package of toys in Costco or something, you know, like that is to me still such a mystery. I have no idea yeah. how they do it. No, it was, because like looking at the props and he's like, yeah, we have a 3D printer and you know, like he yeah. picks up Ronan's uh, Cosmeron and it's like, this thing is like 40 pounds or whatever yeah. it is. Nuts. Yeah, it's like they made a real... Cosmorod. Yeah. I know it's a, it's pretty amazing. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, thanks a lot for this. You know, yeah, I really man. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, dude. Cool. All right. Yeah, guys. Chris was freaking great. He was super cool. He was super friendly. Uh, very humble dude. Just really digging being on uh, on the set on this giant movie and and inhabiting the role of this big character. So uh, really awesome. Uh, actually, in chronological order, before I spoke to Chris, I believe I met Zoe Saldana. She was in her trailer, um, you know, getting ready, putting on her costume. Uh, her makeup was already applied, so it was super cool, super surreal experience sitting um, across a little table from um, Zoe Saldana in, this, in the Gamora makeup. Really great, she was funny, she was cool, uh, and here's my interview with her. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time. Of course, thank you for coming out, that's yeah. like awesome. No, I'm very excited. Um, I, the makeup looks amazing. Thank How long you. does that take? Well, this one only comes down to here because of the flight suit that I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. um, I got in at 8, and I think I stopped doing makeup an hour ago. <laughs> so between the wig and the makeup and stuff. But if it's like the whole body, it'll take four and a half to five hours. Nice. When I was, uh, I was walking around Marvel Studios a couple months back, and we were looking at the early concept art, and they, they had a concept piece for Kimura, and she had like these swords, and then they were explaining that you developed a fighting style to use for her, or there's like oh, yeah. some sort of fighting style. Can you talk about that? Well, um, I, uh, uh, before I came out here to start working on the movie, I went to like a dinner, and there was like all these artists, painters and, and um, expressionists, and, and there was this artist from Mexico. Her name is Denise. I don't know her last name, but... She had just finished her latest collection. Mm -hmm. It was literally a three-minute uh, video. Not video. She, saw, she shot it 35 millimeter, mm -hmm. but it was uh, done in Super 60. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was really slow. Yeah. And, it was, um, and in the background, there was the big painting of Picasso where it's the bull. It's, uh, it's sort of like it's the war. It's like that black okay. painting where there's only splashes of red here and there. Mm -hmm. and, um, and she spoke to this bullfighter this very famous bullfighter in Spain, this young uh, person. And he came in because he was a very graceful bullfighter. He's, he's known for being very graceful. And she shot him in front of the painting mm -hmm. as she's revealing the painting. It's all one video. And he is just doing the fight, uh -huh. just the movement. And it, to me, it was the most beautiful thing. And um, and just when you, you start Germany and going, oh God, who is Gamora? What is she doing? Like, she's a bullfighter. <laughs> And because, uh, you know, it, to me it makes more sense. The, the relationship between the bullfighter and the bull is, is a very twisted, sensual relationship mm -hmm. where 
the bullfighter has to seduce the bull into surrendering to his own death. <laughs> Basically leaping into to, to his death. Yeah. So that's what the bull does. It's like you keep camouflaging, you keep uh, uh, um, seducing him with the red, and then he comes towards it, but the sword is right there, so he walks right into it. So I, I felt that a woman would be like that if she fights with the sword. I, I feel like, when I, not that I feel, this is, this is true, the people that have trained me for movies and stuff, which are you know, people that have worked in the Navy and, and also martial artists, and, and, and they say that when it comes to women, I, I should never try to achieve to, to give the strongest punch. I have to always try to achieve to be the quickest. Mm. And the wittiest, because that's what women have to be. Obviously, like, there's no competition between you and I in terms of force. But I could be stealth enough to move around, crack a bottle, and just go for the jugular, like, in a second. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's all these things that I learned, and I'm like, okay, so Gamora would probably be uh, a very serpentine kind of um, sword fighter. That's a really cool way to interpret that character. I've never <laughs> seen that. It's really awesome. Did you do a lot of research reading, like, her backstory and comics and no, stuff? No, I don't like to do that mm -hmm. because then, you know, you get stuck on, on trying to deliver a product that, that the masses want, and then you sort of disregard yourself. And, and part of what I do, a big part of what I do is because it makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the research process. I have a very uh, vast imagination. It, it goes beyond. Uh, maybe which is why I like supernatural films. I like films and working with filmmakers that sort of defy gravity and, and find different and unique ways to tell a very simple story of love or of, of a boy finding himself. You know, things like that. I just, yeah. I like I like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really enjoy putting things together. And, and, you, and I do, I do take from like everyday life. Like for Nateri, for instance, when I did Avatar, I was working, I was doing all the things that I thought were right, which they were, but they were only, they were physical mm -hmm. and, and learning the language and things like that. But in terms of the core, like how does she really feel when James tells me that there's, there's a tribe, there's a, there's a species that does not know a lie? It's like, I don't know anybody my age doesn't know how to lie. <laughs> you wake up in the morning and you'll say 50 white lies before you go to bed. Yeah. So uh, um, children don't know though. So that was my biggest observation. Mm -hmm. And my niece was like four at the time when I was doing research for, for, for Avatar. I would just sit there and look at her. And she'd be watching TV with her bottle and she would just go, guess the way you're staring. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And I would ask her questions. And it, it really, it, it, it fucking, it fed me in terms yeah. of knowing how they think and stuff. So I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah. So I don't, basically going back to sure. your question. I don't like to I, I don't like to do that because I I fear that I might get into the, the the pattern of wanting to deliver what everybody wants, but and then also um, uh, really not focusing on what I may have to give her that may be very very uh, interesting. Sure, and then so you're taking all this stuff that you want to put into the character. How does that work with what James sees? What you're feeding off of the other actors? I can imagine just from the energy I'm getting from. People it incredible. morphs. It will. It, it's a metamorphism until a day you wrap because you can come with all your package put together. So you think, but then you have to introduce your product into a world of various products, and then everybody kind of there's like a melee that happens, and then you kind of uh, your director leads you. But um, James is a very uh, 
amazing artist to work with and collaborate with because he lets you own your background, and but he steers you. Yeah. He definitely drives the vehicle, and I like that. Cause I like I like uh, directors that take leadership, uh, uh, and are very straightforward because. Mm -hmm. The less confused I am, the better I'm going to be, you yes. know. Um, so uh, I, we did, we did, we, we had multiple meetings and rehearsals and we did talking and, and trying to get them to focus because mm -hmm. they're paying attention to every single department at the yeah. same time. And you just go, okay, focus, Gamora, Gamora, Gamora. And, and, um, and it's, you know, this is what I think she is. And these are the things that I've found that I've encountered in my life that are very similar to her. She, her, Ronan, and Nebula have been abducted violently from their homes while they watched their entire uh, species be massacred by Thanos. And then this, but this is the father because they were very, very innocent. He takes them when they're very, very young. The lost kids of Sudan are like that. So th there, there might be some similarity. I don't know why Joan Jett pops to my mind. Like it, it's just that how it that's how it happens, <laughs> and it's so funny because it, it um I could be sleeping and this will just happen. I'll just wake up thinking, Joan Jett's leather pants. Why am I thinking about Joan Jett? And then I re and then I sun comes out and it's for two hours. I've been YouTubing like Joan Jett, Joan Jett, Joan Jett, Joan Jett. And you just go, maybe Gamora might have something of a little Joan bit of Jett. that strut, With that a little attitude. bit of the Lost Boys of Sudan, a little bit of like the Matador, and it's like it's all. You know, That's it cool. all just comes together, and it's tons of fun. Whether or not I'm able, I, I'm able to translate that. Um, th that that will be the question that that, that I, I feel like the audience will find an answer to. But as of now, I feel internally yeah. um, put together. I, I really, I, having read the script, I liked. I, everyone's everyone has an arc, and everyone gets um, not only their own personalities, but their own you know, story that is fully fleshed out, and, and, and Gamora's is really, it's great. What did you think when you read the script? Um, I, I was a bit hesitant when I uh -huh. read it, because, mind you, it's, it's evolved a great deal. Right, okay. And, um, and as, as a woman, you have to encourage men to see, to see characters that are not identifiable. I don't know if that's a word for you so easily because mm -hmm. you're male. For mm -hmm. me, it's very easy for me to me identify with a female, but also with a male, but I'm androgynous. Anyway, but when you work within a male environment, and Hollywood tends to be more male, there are more male directors and everything, obviously it makes sense that the female characters are going to be malnourished mm -hmm. half of the time, more than half of the time, and they're just going to be servicing a greater cause, which is the lead, which his story is through this male's uh, point of view. So when I read the script, I saw an immense potential in, in Gamora and a great deal of respect for James because uh, he approached me and he really was like, you're my first choice, you're who I want, and I, I want to work with you, and I know the character needs work, and I just want to hear your thoughts. And I was like, okay, great vomiting and starts, you know, I was in a hotel in New York on the phone with him, and he was here in London, and we were on the phone for maybe like two hours, and we were in sync in terms of what Gamora needs, so every step, every draft, it was always dedicating that little thing, it was not going to be about Gamora, but in my mind, if I'm going to be Gamora, it has to be about me, yeah. so I, I need to see some kind of arc. I, I need to see a beginning, a middle, and end, a birth, a life, and then a death. Like, where do I finish? And and I was very satisfied to see the final product, and and um, and satisfied to also know that she wasn't just objectified as being the sexy siren killer. I, mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's so easy, it's simple right. to do that, but it's a it's a very uh, it's a horrible misrepresentation of women. 
uh, because even a sexy woman has a lot of integrity and there's a lot of intelligence and there's depth and there's darkness and, and you have to see it if you just see the tits and the ass and that's you're not really seeing much. No, we have very strong characters, so I'm glad we were able to you were able to bring that out in this Yes, film, yeah. yes, and that's that's something that I'm very very happy for. So I am a, I am a very picky because I like to feel relevant. So the Marvel movies that I've seen they're great roles for women, you know, not enough, yeah. but I feel that this is changing. We're getting there. And um and I'm very very happy and this being on this film and doing this part is sort of a testament to it. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks uh, for listening to all this. Uh, hopefully the audio worked well for you. Uh, very, very cool that we were able to, uh, you know, get me on set and talk to them. And now that I can share them with you. So we'll have a couple more interviews from the set of Guardians of the Galaxy coming really, really soon. This is Marvel in Google Universe. Oh,